Right yeah, you just do taking my job. No, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> you didn't snooze. You just barreled right through. Snoozed ahead of me. You just went on. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. I'm Papa. And welcome to the 1992 Academy Awards. It keeps happening. Uh, this is If I Ran the Oscars, a podcast where we look at one film from each year the awards were on TV. We look at something it won for and three other categories at random to see. You know, maybe it could have won there as well. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, this year, we had a real wide range of movies we could have watched. Because this was the year, this was the first year a horror film won Best Picture. In I'm so the glad. Silence the... of the Lambs, which we did not randomly select. I'm so glad the computer didn't pick that one. We also could have randomly selected Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Which I would have been, found interesting and Mom would have Slept. made faces at <laughs> uh, however, we instead randomly selected Beauty and the Beast, the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Which I think is, well, it's probably because they wouldn't have nominated Snow White for Best Picture. No, back then it wasn't as recognized of an art form. Uh, question. Yeah? Was Walt Disney gone by the time this... Almost certainly, but I will check. I just don't remember, but it's back... In there at some time. <clears throat> Walt Disney, uh, 1966. So yeah, long time. Oh, ago. long time. Okay. Um, what else? You think I will keep talking? Okay. Uh, Academy Award Fact of the Year: Silence of the Lambs was the third film to win the Big Five, which is Best Picture, Best Director, both lead actors, and Best Screenwriting. Mm. The previous two was. It happened one night in 1934, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. So, you know, good. decent films. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. company. Jodie Foster became the youngest person to win two Oscars wow. at age 28. Wow. <laughs> uh, and the first African-American to be nominated for Best Director, Boys in the Hood's John Singleton. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, some things were happening in film. This was not a banger year with, like... Either one film dominating the scoreboard or it being a neck-and-neck -neck race like we've seen in other years. So, uh, best pictures, just to run them down. Silence of the Lamb, Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, JFK, and The Prince of Tides, which I had not heard of, but Barbara Streisand produced it. Hmm. So, not a lot of, like, big names there. Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs is, you know, far and away the, from the rest of them. Right. Prince of Tides, I, rem I remember something about it, but I can't. Looks like it's Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte. It looks like some kind of lovey movie. Hmm. Yeah. In any case, Beauty and the Beast, a film first planned in the 1930s. Yeah. Because uh, Snow White had happened, and they went, oh, people like fairy tales. Let's line up the next one. And it never got off the ground. Well, it, it had a, well. The original. Okay. Now the original time it didn't get off the ground. Then they tried to get in the fifty, mm -hmm. and it didn't get off the ground again. But then they made Little Mermaid, and it was a smashing success. Mm -hmm. And they decided to keep this to keep their momentum rolling. And also, they had a secondary production studio in London because of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and they wanted to keep them busy. Okay. And so they were the team that worked on this. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be a musical originally. Huh. However, uh, Disney chairman and Disney presidents 
both were like, nah, musical. Yeah. And it got rewritten. Screenplay written by Linda Wolverton, who is important to know because she co-wrote Lion King, helped write Mulan, and adapted the screenplay for this into the Broadway musical of Beauty and the Beast, for which she was nominated for a Tony. So good job there. Uh, director Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, it's, the first, it's their first time directing, but they would go on to do things like Hunchback of Notre Dame, Atlantis the Lost Empire, Disney stuff. Sure, sure. It premiered unfinished at the New York Film Festival. It's kind of weird. 70% done with the animation. Wow. They showed it off at the film festival. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it grossed like 15 times their budget. Well, I think that <laughs> after the success of The Little Mermaid, then the you know the Disney bus had left the station yeah. again. And this people was, were wanting fact, to hop on. The third Disney movie in the Disney Renaissance. Do you remember the second one? You mean Roger Rabbit? No, Roger oh. Rabbit was not part of the Disney Renaissance. That's what oh. kicked off them re-looking at animation. But Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid was the first one. I don't know. Because nobody remembers Rescuers Down Under. Oh, oh. No. Oh. no. Wow. No. But that, that was the second one in their list. And then this, and then Aladdin, and then Lion King, and then we're basically just printing money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> people in this movie. This is going to take a while because... We basically would never talk about any of these people otherwise because most of them are known primarily for their voice work. Some of them are known for other things, and we'll talk about that. We're going to start with Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle. Uh, casting her, ca- uh, casting notes here, a unique tone, a little bit of Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. Definitely caught that during the, even not the, not the singing vocals, but mm-hmm. during the regular vocals. She began on Broadway in 83 in the musical Showboat. Mm. Uh, she would, in fact, reprise the role of Belle in the direct-to-VHS sequels, okay. which were, you know, yeah. kind of junk. And she would then reprise the role in various Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse things where Belle shows up. And then again in 2018, you when know, all the princesses the show up in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And she she that, was part of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Grandpa doesn't know, know about this. Uh, it's a relatively recent movie where characters are basically living on the internet, and one of them finds a room with all of the Disney princesses in them. And they got her, the original voice of her, to be her voice again in 2018. I mean, that's... If you look at uh, some internet sources... Um, her Belle character is her primary. She's been in one, two, thing. three, four, five video games, all of them as Belle. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. good work on her for finding a thing and sticking with it. Yeah. Uh, the Beast, who, I mean, if we look at him, he looks like a guy who could play a beast. He has a mullet. But I, I looked at, I saw the name. His, his name is Robbie Benson. Because I didn't know the name. I mean, I didn't yeah. know that he was the, yeah. the lead character. And But I recognized the name and I tried to think, what did I see him in? Years ago, he was the, the male lead in the film um, Ice Castles. Ice Castles? Yep. Right? Oh, the skating movie? Yeah. yeah. And, and I thought... 
They filmed it here. And I thought, when he was this, guy, this guy could not be the Beast. Yeah. Voice-wise. He later... Remembering what that film was like, mm-hmm. I could not imagine it. But, it's, but it is. But mm-hmm. it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. He later would go on to do some other things, uh, such as... Uh, he screen-tested for Luke Skywalker. Okay. But did not get the part, obviously. Uh, let's see, where was that other thing he's done? I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, outside of acting, he is a musician and composer. He has composed songs for several films and has a RIAA Gold Records Award of making a good song, but not necessarily like a Grammy, mm-hmm. for the song We Are Not Alone from The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Which he wrote, <laughs> if I recall reading correctly, with his spouse. Yeah. Uh, he, he would be on your list, by the way, yeah. Carrie. Oh, he's okay. uh, more recently been a professor of arts at multiple schools, though not like tenure or anything, mm-hmm. and an activist for heart research because he had four open heart surgeries. Good God. Wow. Crazy. Yep. Interesting. I, I was looking him up. What's his name again? Robbie Benson. So I was, I was looking him up because... Um, uh... I'm gonna have you to shouldn't say uh, Dallas on the podcast. Then moved to New York, so you know. No kidding. I mean, he was doing he was doing Broadway stuff. I thought he grew up in the International Falls. Nope, sorry. <laughs> uh, next on the list, the voice of Gaston, Richard White. He doesn't have as much uh, film work. He's done mostly Broadway and off Broadway stuff. I. Uh, He's been the, he's the Phantom in Phantom, Dr. Jekyll in Dr. Jekyll. He's done a few things like that. His filmography is mostly Gaston. <clears throat> he's been Gaston a few times. He's probably the person who's done the least amount of uh, like film entertainment mm-hmm. out of anyone we're going to talk about here. Uh, however, we can then move on to Jeremy Orbach. Jerome, Jerry, sorry, Orbach. Jerome Orbach, I... Uh, Described at the time of his death as one of the last bona fide leading men of the Broadway musical and global celebrity on television. And a versatile stage and film actor. Yeah. Uh, he s- began uh, in Broadway in the 50s. Yeah. In a TV series, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting and recognizable in more modern times at, uh, as one of the actors on Law & Order. Yep. yep. That was it. Yep. Which he, I was really surprised to see that. I, oh, yeah. didn't, I didn't recognize him from that. What character was he in this show? I do. I he was Lemaire. I can remember his face from yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, you can remember his face. Yeah. Hmm. He's done a few things on off. He was in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Crimes and Misdemeanors. Recurring role on Murder, She Wrote. With Angela Lansbury. With Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Oh, keep, keep her name in mind. Who we might want to talk about. Uh, she's <laughs> uh, two tabs down on my list. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, however, is David Ogden Stiers. Yeah. I think oh, it's yeah. Steers. He was Steers? in MASH. He was in MASH. It's, it's Stiers, according to this. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Uh, but yeah, oh. no, he was in MASH starting in season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, who He became mm-hmm. the new straight man mm-hmm. for the show mm-hmm. and played that role until the finale. Uh, he did a few other things, of course. Uh, he was in some Perry Mason TV films. Uh, he's voiced a few things in Disney movies. Two different characters in Pocahontas. He's a character in the English uh, translation of Spirited Away, which I think is excellent and definitely should end up on here. 
Uh, and he's a character in all of the Lilo and Stitch movies, which is kind of interesting. Angela Lansbury. There she is. Boy, howdy. She was in the court oh, jester with Danny Kay. Uh, the year's active on Wikipedia is 1943 to present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like an Academy Award fact? Yes. Earliest surviving Academy Award nominee. Really? Wow. How old was she? Uh, 12. Well, she yeah. was born in 25. <laughs> wow. Uh, Wow. Picture of Dorian Gray in 1945. I got her an Oscar nomination for sure. Uh, she was in the original Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, she's. Did, I, I believe she did this very small TV show called Murder She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I saw only what twelve seasons of that. <laughs> I saw a shot of her and uh, can't remember the guy. Uh, Pirates of Penzance. Just superb. Funnier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, she is in fact she is in fact been damed mm-hmm. relatively recently 2014 uh she's been nominated for three supporting actress uh, academy awards since since uh, all that other stuff she has an honorary academy award mm-hmm. unsurprisingly but yeah no lots of stuff and did uh, all of her own singing she was mrs potson mm-hmm. next on our list bradley pierce who was chip and was, in fact, at the time, a tiny baby. Well, he wasn't a baby. He was eight or nine years old or something. He yeah. was a youth. He was, in fact, a youth. Definitely a youth. He, in fact, I don't think he got his start here. His mom was his age. I believe he got his start on Days of Our Lives. Well. No kidding. A lot of people do. As a kid? Uh, the character of Andrew Sean Donovan the Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, Chip from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he, when The Little Mermaid became a TV series, he was Flounder, okay. but not in the original movie. And the voice of Tails in the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, <laughs> which I recognize, and the voices are the same. You have to catch this one, too, because we're Lego movie lovers. Yeah. Lego movie, video game, he's good cop, bad cop. In the video game, interesting. <laughs> Can't get Liam Neeson for that one. He was one of the kids in Jumanji. Huh. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Roseanne, Star Trek Voyager, Touched by an Angel, New mm-hmm. Adventures of Superman. He's just done stuff. He just keeps working. Uh, next on our list, Rex Everhart, the voice of Maurice. Uh, he did a few other things. Uh, he was the truck driver in Friday the 13th. I don't watch those You don't watch movies. those? I, he was in the Chicago version of, uh, the Broadway version of Chicago, mm-hmm. not the Chicago version of Broadway. That would be a thing. So he's done a few other things. He's got nominated for a Tony. Lots of things there. I keep it on rolling. We're on to Jesse Corti, who is the voice of Le Fou, which is French for the fool and kind of sounds like it. Uh, he's done kind of a lot of things, mostly voice work. He was in All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. Oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, Love and Basketball, uh, a Playmobil direct-to-video movie. Uh, he's the voice of the Spanish dignitary in Frozen. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. And a character in Zootopia, so he's still kind of working. The Tom and Jerry Kids Show, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, he just does stuff. He's a working character actor. Yeah. Oh, he was also the character of Corferac, C-O-U-R-F-E-Y-R-A-C, in the original Broadway of Les Mis. So, you know, actually good at being someone who's not a fool. I have no idea, and there's no link. I'd have to do more research. Yeah. 
Uh, next on our list is Joanne Worley. Who I recognized her voice. Recognized yeah, she was the feather duster. She was the wardrobe. Oh, she's the wardrobe. My apologies. She's the wardrobe, and I recognized her voice. She was on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. She was. She's a comedian <laughs> who's I uh, I can I would assume that she's passed away. Uh, but she, I did recognize her voice, but because when in the sixties, I think that she has Laugh-In, not. She's 83. Wow. That Laugh-In was on TV in our home. Yep. Uh, she... Uh, or in the 70s, maybe. She was in a Goofy movie, which would be a couple years mm-hmm. later. Uh, she plays the wardrobe whenever it comes up in TV again. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah four, interesting. Uh, three years of Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Mostly TV. Her TV credits are just all over the place. Yeah. Ooh, an episode of Hawaii Five-0. Mm. Uh, next on our list, Hal Smith. The voice of the horse. Now, old people of the room, do you remember? Stop rem- that. Do you remember the Andy Griffith show? Of course. He's Otis Campbell in the Andy Griffith show. So the town drunk. Which one of these? He's the horse. Which He's which Pierre. guy is it? This is uh, Hal Smith. He was the town drunk on the Andy Griffith show. And the voice of Owl in the first four original Winnie the Pooh shorts. Huh. Huh. Uh, for those of us who are keeping track, uh, he served in the Pacific Theater of World War II. With GGP? Uh, it doesn't say. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't <laughs> no, know. Go on, man. Does yeah. not say. Yeah. But uh, next on our list, uh, we've got Alan. Nope. Now we're getting into the people but, who are writing. Well, are we going to ever talk about what did this film win for? Uh, we have to get through all the people first. The people are important. Okay. We get to what it won for at the end. We talk about the movie first. All right. It just seems like we're talking about people forever. That's there's a lot. That that might be for a reason. There's also a lot of people. (laughs) I music is important because it won for music. So we do need to talk about the people who did the music. Okay. This Uh, this won for music. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Did it win for best score or best song? Yes. Both. Yes. Oh. So that's. It was a slim year. Oh, don't worry. We'll be talking about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The songs uh, were composed by Alan Menken, who also worked on Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Pocahontas. And Hercules. Each one of those four, not Hercules, Mm -hmm. but this movie and the other three, got him two Academy Awards each. Huh. Wow. Because he just basically was rolling in best score and best song. Hmm. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors, Newsies, Hmm. uh, more recently Enchanted and Tangled. Hmm. Uh, Did yeah. we view Newsies at one point in time? I don't remember. You and I have watched it. I watched, watched, it, watched, it, I watched it at school one time when kids were had a day off and the teacher just told me to put Newsies on. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, the lyricist is Howard Ashman, who was given a in honor of at the end of the film because he died March of 1991 hmm. during six months before the film was released. Uh, he did in fact get credit for some of the songs in Aladdin, which came out next year. But he probably would have had a lot more credits to his name if he hadn't have died mm-hmm. then. Right. He was 41. He passed, yeah. But that's about it for the people of the movie. We're kind of avoiding talking about the movie because we have moder- the modern sensibility of other kids' movies that have a little more substance to them. And as much as this film was praised at the time for things that it should have been praised for, such as animation quality and, you know, it's a musical. Where you have to go into it expecting musical. And it was a it's a good musical. Yeah, if you like musicals. Yeah, if you like musicals, it's a good musical. 
the plot was pretty simple. Very simple. Well, it also... It wasn't bad. And it was interesting because you... Somebody started talking about the prologue to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Which basically tells you, this is what we're going to tell you about in the next two hours. And this film did the same thing with the narrator kind of giving the whole story in a, you know, synopsis really quick at the beginning and then the movie launched. But it wasn't... It was more straightforward because it had to be for children. Mm -hmm. So instead of slightly dancing around it and using metaphor Mm -hmm. it was just here's what's going to happen and here's why it's happening buckle up buttercup yeah Uh, well this was in my opinion way too rapidly yeah attention span i don't know but too many different characters yeah there wasn't what's odd is there wasn't really time for character development so everyone's character had to be one note and really obvious did you, did you hear this story as a storybook when you were a little boy? I don't think so. We we heard more stories about boys doing stuff, not girls doing stuff. <laughs> My uh, bad. That's okay. Well, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a good time to say it, I think. Uh, I saw a Snow White movie when I was about seven, six. There has never been a Disney character or any other character, as I'm concerned, to beat that Snow White character. She was, she was there. That's yeah. yeah. I, things on this one with... All the one There's note. Nothing to take away yeah. from this gal. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all the one note characters, is since this movie and even in their era, like, I feel like characters in Lion King had more nuance than this. I Me think too. so. Me too. Uh, right. Aladdin, maybe not. Aladdin was a little more, is still kind of one note. Uh, but obvious parallels have to be drawn to Shrek. Yeah. Because Shrek. Put, has a big sign at the end of their movie going, this is like Beauty and the Beast, where they just do the ending to Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and that one, it's longer. It has less characters that we have to get invested in. It still has plenty of characters in that movie. There's a good like half dozen side characters. But then, of course, they have a sequel where now that we've gotten to know the main cast, now we can fo- learn about the other ones. And that's how you do it. Toy Story did the same thing. Uh, had, what, half a dozen main characters in Toy Story? Right. And some of them were interesting and some of them were OneNote. But that and makes merchandising Toy... easier. Yeah, and then Toy Story 2, they got to explore more characters. Uh, Toy Story 2, in fact, is one we have to mention because of that whole this was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm. It's not the last. However, I need to find where I where was that list of movies that had uh, been nominated for uh, Best Picture. This was the... Uh, what am I saying? This is the only one that was nominated for Best Picture when there were only five nominations. Eventually, Best Picture would be expanded to include 10 films whereas every other category still only has five. Oh, currently that's the way it is currently best picture 2009 mm. huh i i guess i didn't pay attention to that yep i uh, at that point i uh, other other animated movies did get nominated for best picture okay. but still not that many and this is the only one when best picture was a little bit more competitive so that's a little interesting it also is tied for most nominations for an animated film at six. Hmm. Tied with Wally. Oh. A good movie that we will hopefully watch. What's that? It's uh, Wall E is in 2008, and the first half of the movie has no dialogue. It's just like silent movie 
I character development and it's really good music and other sounds oh this movie was only nominated in four categories I don't know what I can't figure out what the fourth one is I are you counting like best pig it was nominated for best picture and best sound and then Uh, score and song yep and it won for score and sound it was nominated for three songs It won for Beauty and the Beast, but was nominated for Belle, the opening song, and Be Our Guest. Hmm. Uh, This must have been a really slim year. For songs? For music. Thank you. I mean, Buckle up. We're going to keep talking about songs. Three other movies would be nominated for three songs in later years. The Lion King, Mm -hmm. unsurprisingly. Right, but that's a a great soundtrack. Dreamgirls, which is a movie about the Supremes. That's a good movie. And Enchanted, oh. which is the which is when Disney made a movie making fun of Disney movies. <laughs> However, after Enchanted in 2007, they changed the rules. Okay. You may only get two nominations in this category anymore. Mostly because Dreamgirls and Enchanted didn't win. Didn't win anything? Mm-hmm. They did not win in this category. They were both nominated for three songs, and one of the other two songs won. So So now the rule is, no, you get two, max. Even if all of your songs are great, you need to give other movies the chance to be recognized. You can't just monopolize the category. Especially if all of your songs are numbers two through four. Yeah. So there's an interesting Academy Award fact for you. But yeah, no, it's, they, they won for music and music. The best sound, I think, probably has to do with the editing together of the all of the various audios that they would yeah, have to do. all of the audio. Because it wouldn't have been recorded on set, as it were. Right. And the best picture, I guess? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I... Interesting note on the music. They recorded the vocals at the same time as the orchestra. More like a regular musical. Hmm. Having everything done all at once. So, <laughs> now, now I need to go and finally pull up my... I list of what else do we need to talk about? Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. It's not going to be best actress. Pause, pause. No, we're going to start. Well, first is best original score, which is which it did win for, and that one is the one where it's probably got some competition because best song there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be uh, everything I do, I do it for you from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. Uh, so who else was up for When You're Alone score. from Hook. So on score, we're looking at Bugsy, Ennio Morricone, The Fisher King, George Fenton, JFK, John Williams, and The Prince of Tides, James Newton Howard. Honestly, among those, I think it would not have been difficult for a musical with fairly catchy music aimed yeah. at a wide audience to take that. Right, but, but this was a year without a blockbuster... No. You know, big orchestration yeah. type film. Uh, first bonus category, Best Director. Interestingly enough, with it not being nominated for Best Director, but being nominated for Best Picture, that kind of says something about the film just kind of being, you know, a film. Animated movies up until this point didn't have traditional scripts. They had storyboards and lines to record. This movie had a script. Which is new and interesting. It still had soundboards, but it also right. had a script, more like a traditional film. Uh, 
As far as direction on this one, eh, nah. No, not for Nothing terribly either. interesting there. Uh, Silence of the Lambs won on this one. Uh, next bonus category, film editing. I don't think it would even be considered on film editing just because it's... Because it's animated. It's animated. You're just putting the cells mm-hmm. one in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So, unfortunate that we rolled that one. Uh, not quite as unfortunate as Best Special Effects, which is the other one we rolled. All they had there was the sparkly, I'm going to twist and turn and go up in the sky. Yeah, which doesn't count. That doesn't count. Uh, so, on that one, the film editing went to... Where is it? That's art direction. Where is film, ed- where is film editing on this list? I don't know, but Terminator there it is. 2 Judgment Day won for that. Uh, for special effects. For Fil- visual effects, yeah. Yeah, film editing went to JFK. Oh, yeah, yeah. But spe- visual effects, unsurprisingly, went to Terminator 2 for... Pioneering visual some visual effects. Yeah. I yeah. uh, also nominated in that category Hook. Mm. I don't remember what the visual effects are in Hook. No. Well, Dustin Hoffman has a hook. Uh, Robin <laughs> Williams flies at some point, I believe. Robin Williams flies. There are some naughty boys on a ship. Yeah. And a crocodile. And, oh yeah, we did not talk about Pixar. Mom saw it in the credits. I did. I saw Pixar in the credits. Before Pixar was a standalone studio, they were developing computer technology for Disney. Oh. In the scene where they're dancing in the ballroom, there is a panning camera shot of the background. And they got the shot where, like, coming down through the chandelier. Mm-hmm. Hand animating that is a massive pain in the ass. Mm. So they didn't. It's so it computer taking... generated. Oh, okay. And then they put the hand animated dancing in afterwards. Okay. And so that computer animated background was developed by Pixar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting because that shot, you know, that scene, very different from the final dancing scene, which just seemed so flat. The final oh. dancing scene was traced. Mm hmm. From the uh, uh, the scene in, I believe, Sleeping Beauty, when yeah. she's dancing. It's the exact same one, frame for frame. They do that in Jungle Book, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It looked it very, very flat. It it was lacking they were rushing. Detail. They were rushing production and needed to get it done, and so they're mm-hmm. like, we have this dancing scene, trace it and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunate, but... It was it the ending. The movie was already done. Mm-hmm. If you were going to pick one dancing scene to replace it definitely would have been that one not the one in the middle yeah the one know. in the middle got lots of love though that was really an important element yeah. well and i story. think that's perhaps why the director didn't get a best director nod because there was discrepancies like that within the film yeah that a director would have the authority to come in and say no 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 we've got no, to we got to do out. this better it's oh, the, there's so many gorgeous ballroom scenes throughout yeah Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's my two cents worth. I did not fall asleep during this one. I didn't say you. I was was fascinated. Yeah. This one got critical acclaim all over the place. Uh, First animated film to gross $100 in its original release. Yeah. So, you know, actually did okay. Uh, It was the third uh, biggest film of the year, money-wise, after Terminator and Robin Hood. So, you know, Mm -hmm. good yeah. As far as plot goes, it's a book. You can read it. Mm-hmm. It's not... This movie did, should not be winning anything for plot. No. Yeah. It's winning for state-of-the-art animation at the time mm-hmm. and... A couple very, of catchy songs. Very com, very competent musicals. And Be Our Guest is really catchy. <laughs> 
It is. We want to sing it and dance yeah. around the kitchen. Uh, maybe another animated movie will come up in the rotation, especially once it becomes a category. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye. Bye. Nice.